persist until the formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute and undeniable. This control, combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system, and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television, would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system. The territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades, while the borders, authority, popularity, and obedience of individual NWA territories was in a near constant state of flux, to this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open up your eyes Way before it gets too late Now one man There's no way you can With the street lights running Don't give a damn A simple explanation That you'll never find Sinners never sacrifice We never leave them alone Is it really worth the price? Look at what we've done Never care for compromise Always threatening someone's life And it feels like the end of the world
right, welcome to another episode of This Week in Pro Wrestling with your host Mike Monty and Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, um, kind of changing the format for mm. our usual this week because uh, I think we both deemed it important to show our respects to one of the all-time greats, the Iron Sheik, before we start our conversation. And by the way, uh, Eric Sims will be with us in about five minutes. Eric was uh, widely known as the a local agent who uh, famously brought Iron Sheik to the Howard Stern Show. Got his teeth loosened. Got his teeth loosened, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, mm. so Eric Ow. will treat the fans to some Iron Sheik stories awesome. so we can uh, sure. maybe have a laugh and, you know, as a family, say our goodbyes to one of the great villains yeah and faces yeah well in pro wrestling he was more dastardly than anything but yeah the iron sheik known as the world wrestling the iron sheik has died one of the modern wrestling legendary heels iron sheik spent 50 years in pro wrestling Damn. cultivating a reputation of one of the medium's greatest most dedicated athletes and trash talkers Playing on the politics of the day to enhance his villain gimmick, he was celebrated for his talent in the ring, his considerable physical strength, and his electric combative energy during interviews and promotions. Thoughts on the Iron Sheik, sir? Wow, where does it really all begin? I remember first seeing the Iron Sheik back in, I would say, 79 or so, maybe 1980, swinging them clubs. And there was really nobody more of just a pure natural villain. This guy just generated it, generated the heat. Uh, he was always in great shape. Uh, you know, it's weird, though. The guy was super muscular, but there was always that belly threatening to, you know, just uh, come out a little bit. A couple of things. <laughs> Rick B says Dan was the reason he got in Howard Stern because of his interviews with him. We'll ask Eric that. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is Eric is the one that's known for bringing him on to Howard Stern. Sure. So I don't know. Sure. But go ahead. No, he's just a tremendous, tremendous talent. I, you know, earlier today, a couple of people I know that I work with, uh, young guys, you know, 20s, 30s. Uh, he's clearly before their time, but they, they knew who he was. They came to me. They were like, Iron Sheik, huh? And I'm like, how do you even know this guy? They're like, what, are you kidding me? Everybody knows the Iron Sheik. I... That says it all. I remember, you know, we spent all those years um, rooting against the great Bob Backlund. It's funny how things change, right? We were then. There's that night, right? And right. Uh, please tell it. I, you know, Jimmy introduced me to wrestling, and at the time, Iron Sheik wasn't in the WWF anymore. He was Hossein Arab in the WWF, and I saw him in magazines that Jimmy had in his room. Mm -hmm. So no big deal. Fast forward all these years, we watched all these great villains get put down by Bob Backlund. All of them. All of them. And uh, then... Think about some of the names, too. Go ahead. Not to, not to, you know... I mean, my God, he, he defeated Sergeant Slaughter. He defeated the Magnificent Morocco. He defeated Greg Valentine. He defeated Playboy Buddy Rose. He defeated Killicon. He I could go on and on and, and on. And by the way, and right... Mark Jack Mulligan, Ray Stevens. You just go on and on. Right before December 26th, right. he had just defeated the mass superstar, I believe. Right. He was Big John Studd. You, yeah. you name him, Bob Backlund knocked him down. So we're watching wrestling, and Iron Sheik, who I'm looking at as Hossein Arab, right. 
uses his things or what up the clubs. Yeah, swinging them around. And then Backlund tries to show his strength, and he gets attacked by Iron Sheik. Of gets course. Hurt. So we're like, sure. okay, this is to make you believe that right. he could actually have a chance against Backlund. Right. Literally, this I could. got to be another King Kong Mosca situation. This is a win for Backlund. Easy, easy. No, no problem. One of the only times I don't watch a, the Madison Square Garden card, and I go to my girlfriend's house, okay, on December 27th. Okay, okay. it's right after the holiday. Yeah. Right? And oh in the boy. time, if everybody remembers, if you live in New York, anyway, in the Daily News, they used to have like a little clipping of the results yes. of the wrestling match. By the mass grappler. And I, you know, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> and I go, let me go look and see what happened. Like, I didn't know what happened. And I see. The Iron Sheik mm -hmm. has defeated mm -hmm. the great Bob Backlund, yep. and my jaw dropped. How did I not call you right away? I have no idea. Where were we at that point? I discovered weed. You might have discovered weed. <laughs> I think we have our answer. You know, it's funny, though. I, was, I remember watching it. And I'm thinking to myself, what we were saying, there's just no, this is a walk in the park for Backlund. And then he gets him in the camel clutch. And I see Arnold Scarland, and I'm thinking to myself... Did you watch it live? Of course I did. Oh, so you saw oh, this. Oh, I did. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I'm watching this, and I see Arnold Scarland, and I'm like, is he... What's he doing with that towel? Is he going to throw the... Are you serious? He threw the towel in? I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was right up there with uh, any insurmountable upset you can think of. I was like, are you kidding me? That was shocking. I think the garden was shocked. That was almost six years of Bob Backlund. Rolling, rolling, rolling through everybody. The wrestling prodigy. Boy, Backlund reeked of a wrestler's wrestler. And that all of it, the Iron Sheik? Really? Mm. With all the guys he turned away all those years, that was the last think person I think they had thought. thought about giving it to Morocco. They had right. thought about giving it to the mass superstar. Valentine even had it for in New York for, for like a week or something. But... Louis. Iron Sheik was the right guy, he and was. I think I think it was Luce who said it. Luce, forgive me if was it wasn't right you. Yeah. But Iron Sheik is definitely responsible for kicking off Hulkamania. He is. he is. There wasn't a better opponent, and I remember that night. Yeah. But January twenty third, right? Mm-hmm. Hogan winning that belt, <laughs> and. The thing that's interesting after that, though, Jimmy, is this. Uh, we were talking about this. The one thing that kind of gets swept under the rug is it's fun. It's funny, right? The Iron Sheik was so incredible, but he later on with, like you mentioned, being on Dan's interviews or on Howard Stern, he kind of became a parody of himself. A parody of himself. He did. But he did. the one thing I think a lot of people forget is how hot the Iron Sheik was that he took a villain – uh, like the returning Sergeant Slaughter. Right. And just them crossing paths instantly USA. made Sergeant Slaughter into a hero. USA. Quick question. Madison Square Garden boot camp match. Madison Square Garden alley fight. Patterson Slaughter. Sheik Slaughter. Which one was better? Oh, nothing touches the alley fight. Nothing will ever touch the alley fight. I think even Tightwad Meltzer gave that match of the year. Think about that for a second, too. Artsy Fartsy Meltzer, I do believe, gave that match of the year. What I got I, I to tell you, to me, I thought the boot camp match 
outdid the alley match. In what way? Was it just more competitive? I, just, I know you love Slaughter, and Slaughter I, took like a 20-minute straight beating by, from Patterson. It was, fact, it was no, unbelievable. It was. It, it, in it, those it, jeans. Right. That stupid tight t-shirt that said, <laughs> I love them. And those boots. Right, exactly. Which he took off and started Which using. was a great match. It was, it was fantastic. Great match. I but it. that boot camp match. And, you know, we forget about this, too. Right. The Sheik had those curly boots. Yes. And he used to kick them. He did three of them. Oh, yeah. And then he would, like, hit you with it. Right. I mean, how great was that? You know, it's funny, too. We, we point out that he became a... That was amazing, by the way. But yeah. we, we point out that he became a parody of himself. Let me tell you, and I believe this, with the explosion of the internet over the years, as Sheik was becoming a parody of himself, best business movie ever made. He kept the eyes on him, right. and as the internet grew, he got new eyes on him. So I think that Sheik was very, very smart at playing the public. He but knew exactly. Talk about what to being do. smart. Rick B brings up would have been interesting to see things how they turned out mm -hmm. if he took the hundred k to break Hogan's leg. And I got to tell you, you just said it. Mm -hmm. Sheik was smart. Mm -hmm. Sheik knew what the look. You know, think about it. If he took it, he took his hundred grand. He would have went right. back to the AWA. And right. I, again, guys, if we think that. Vince right. wouldn't have defeated AWA eventually mm -hmm. anyway without Hogan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it wouldn't even be without Hogan. Mm -hmm. Well, it could be. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but right. in, in the end, Vince would have came up on top, and right. Sheik would have... He would have been done. He would have been done. He would have been done because everything else would have folded, and he would have had nowhere to go. I mean, if everybody looked at the documentary, I think his first, his first quarter with mm -hmm. his dolls or whatever, mm -hmm. it was like a quarter of a million dollars. Mm -hmm. Can I start a little shit? Good. This never gets said either. Why is it always automatically that Hulk Hogan is a wuss? Like, let's say he did try to break Hulk Hogan's leg. How do you, what, to, okay, break my leg, brother. Are well, you really going to, like, you know. I, I think because everybody knows that Hogan Sheik was a real grappler. Okay, right? okay, so what, Hogan got his leg broken by Hero Matsuda that didn't toughen him up? Well, I'm going to agree with you there. Why, what, it's are you like, just going to walk in and just break his leg, no problem? Right. The guy's 300 pounds, six foot eight or whatever he was. It could have been, it could have been a fight. I just, Right. I find it funny that automatically Hogan gets snapped in half because he's Vince's cartoon toy. Get get the fuck out of here. No, you're right. He's a big dude. He always was. You're right. And he's a lot tougher than he gets credit for because in Japan, you know, and I know it's been said a thousand times, go watch what he did in Japan. The guy could go. I mean, he, when he needed to go, he went. He wrestled per his gimmick, not to turn this into a Hogan Hard thing. to disagree with. It just annoys with, me. Hard to disagree you know, with. By the way, Hogan was camel. the first one to break that camel clutch in that, and when he fought. Iron Sheik. Remember, he got Hogan in the camel clutch. Absolutely. That didn't last, did it, brother? <laughs> wow, look at you getting crazy over that. <laughs> I can't help it. And let's not forget Dude. him and Nikolai winning the tag team oh, titles. Oh, God, do they? I hate that. Before Eric comes on, oh. I, do, I do want to tell a story, and I'm going to take credit for this. So, again, I might have told it before. Okay. But when I was in the military, I was in Fort Polk, Louisiana. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. Uh, Me too. Um, so, like one weekend... Yeah. We were driving, and we're going past, like, something. I think it was called the Monroe Civic Center. Oh, I could no. be wrong. I think I know this one. Okay. And it says, today. Right. You know, WCW. Right. So I go, hey, guys, let's just go. We'll get some tickets up top, and we'll go. Up top? Would up you top. get a 350 days audience? Well, no, like, you figure, <laughs> you figure it's a day of. Right. You're not, you know, yeah. it's probably right. packed. Yeah, we think so. We walk up there. 1988? 88. No, 89. 89. 88, okay. 89. Yeah, wrestling's doing fine. Don't hold me to exact yet. Yeah, wrestling's doing fine either way. In my mind, it's doing fine. Yeah. It's not. Until you walked in. So we walk in, <laughs> and I go, hey, we'd like some tickets. They're like, what row? And I'm like, the best you got. Front row. Sitting next to Gordon Solo? And I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah, front row. Wow. We go in. There's no one. 
Are you kidding There's me? There's nobody there. Like, this, this is a house show. This is a house show. Wow. And the house show is loaded. There's no one Sullivan, in the house. Michael Hayes against Lex Luger for the U.S. title. Wow. Sting against Rotundo. That's great. Right? Those are good matches. But So here's where I'll take credit. Flair, so here's a bunch Flair of on this one? Flair was not on okay, this one. Okay, we might have... Uh... So we're sitting on a... We're in the front row, yeah. and we're fucking loud. We're drunk, we're loud. The wrestlers <laughs> are loving us. The right. second match is the Sheik, and I forget who he's wrestling. Okay. And it's WCW. But I got the guys with me going, chanting, Hogan, Hogan. <laughs> he gets on the microphone, oh, and he goes... Hogan Poo, I'm the real WWF champion. Yeah. Right? Okay, he's gimmicking us for the right. house show that us five are at. The right. only ones in the arena. Got right. it. Every week, and you guys can look it up on TV, that's what he said right. from, that from that point, point on. forward. Interesting. And I was like, holy shit. Look what you guys started. Look what we started. That's awesome. But it's it good thing very... you five guys were there. That's right. I got to tell you, good time, good time, good time. All right, let's get with Eric Sims. You ready to get Eric Sims? He's ready to go? All right, hats off. Hats off? Well, not for me, hat. not you. Hats off. Simsy, how are you, buddy? I'm here. I'm here. How are you? How are you? I hear my scene. I'm held up. I'm doing, I'm doing just fine. So our condolences um, to the passing of your friend, Eric Sims. Don't worry, mean, D. Lee. Yeah, Eric Sims is there. I know you're probably some mark for Sims. You know who D. Lee is? They're, they're, they're coming in their drawers waiting for you to come on. They're what? <laughs> yeah, well, I advertised that I was coming on. So, All right. Yeah. Look, so, Sims. Look, look, what little fan base I have is uh, why well, I kind of watch it. So. They want you. They want you. <laughs> um, of course. You lost Sheiky. Can you tell the fans how you feel about the loss of someone that actually got your career going, correct? Well, when I, when I, when I, when I broke, when I broke in, um, for, yeah, I've always told Chris Candido and Balls were the ones that got me in, originally broke me in. Then I hooked up with uh, Dennis Corluzzo, Doc Diamond, that, that crew, but it wasn't – but for the part, you know, as far as wrestler, because you usually got the wrestler that like kind of like takes you by the wing and kind of you know lead, lead you by the way. That for me, that was the Iron Sheik. So uh, if it wasn't for the Iron Sheik, there'd be no ESS. So you know, we met. Um, oh, fuck. Mitch Seinfeld's Mitch, show in Brooklyn, right? Mitch, no, Mitch Seinfeld show, yeah, in Brooklyn, somewhere in Brooklyn. You know, and you know, she just took a liking to me, and we just, you know, we just hit it off ever, ever since. I mean, who, who thought an Iranian and a Jew would actually <laughs> get along and be able to, you know, survive together without you, killing each other? Eric, were you smart enough to take him someplace nice for the first meal? <laughs> uh, I don't remember, but I think I yeah, listen. We probably went to a diner or something. All right. All right. So let's get to some serious stories. So sure. Explain your first interaction with the Sheik. What was it like? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I don't remember. I met him at, I, I, I met him at Mitch's show, and, you know, it was just kind of, you know, you know, how, you know, just normal, normal stuff. I mean, nothing, nothing from nothing. He didn't know me. I didn't really know him. I mean, you know. Outside of the persona that he was, and you know, we just met, and 
you know, we just we hit it off, and you know, I just started traveling with him. You know, well, well what did you say? Hey, I'd like to start promoting you and having you coming. Yeah, and yeah, signing. That's kind of what. That's kind of how. That's kind of how it started. It's like, hey, can I get you some bookings and stuff? And I, I just started, you know, handling the bookings for him. You know, so back, back then. So and it was, and it wasn't, you know, it was kind of, it was just a couple of years because then he went to, you know. WCW and then back to WWE because that was, you know, I met I met Shiki like '86 range, so between '86 to like '88 ish, you know, you know, doing the independent circuit thing, right, right when he just got, you know, he just got released from WWE after the um, uh, the hacksaw thing, and you know, he was just just doing the independent stuff, and then I think then he, if memory serves me right, like he got picked up by WCW and then he. Went back to WWE to do the, um, you know, the tag with Sarge and stuff, and then, then he, after that he kind of disappeared. Oh, and then he came back a little bit with um, with Backlund and Sultan, and then after that, like he kind of he kind of disappeared after that, and then uh, and then we got hooked back up and did um, you know work, work you know you know through the late nineties we did uh, all the independent stuff, and then into the early two thousands before you know before it kind of ended in two thousand and ten. Well, how was he? Was he a smart man, a shrewd negotiator? We know how shrewd you are. So, <laughs> how were your conversations? Well, we were talking. Listen, we're normal. I mean, we just we talked on the phone. It's like, hey, Kaz, I got this. I got this, this, and this for you. I'm going to give you this, this, and this, and you know, this is what I could pay you. And it's like, okay, Eric, Bubba, no problem for you. Anything, anything, Bubba, anything. So, you know, that's what, that's kind of how. That's kind of how that's kind of how it went. I mean, you know, we did we did so much, so much stuff together. You know, it's, it's just you know people people only see the finished product. That's me showing up at whatever appearance I have uh, and doing the business. You have no idea what I went through to get there. You know, and then I went through hell. I mean, I basically, you know, for the twenties. Four or so years I was with him, it was uh, you know it, it was just you know I kept putting different safeguards in place because it's just you know every time I I thought I had it something else would go wrong and then something else would go wrong. Well, give a, give a typical booking weekend with the sheik. Well, uh, you know, so like I pick him up at the airport and God forbid I was five minutes late. You know, he starts screaming and yelling. You know. Uh, you, you know, especially when I'm, I, I pull up, it's like, you late, you dumb son of a bitch. And like the cops are there and this and that. And, and the cops are begging me to get him out of there. You know, it's like, you know, screaming at the cops, screaming at me, you know, just, you know, you're late. You're not ready for me to take you to see Mr. McMahon. You're unprofessional, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but the minute he got in the car, we pulled off. Oh, Eddie, blah, blah, good to see you. You know, we gave each other a hug, a kiss, you know, in the car and whatever so when we're driving away so like i i kind of i kind of fig i kind of figured out what my role was uh you know you know sooner you know you know sooner than later but uh, and i and i just played the role ever since you know that inept agent that couldn't get anything right couldn't do anything right and you know but it was the one pulling the strings behind behind the scenes just to make it to make it all happen because uh you know during that time you know like the sheik's dark, dark times, you know, with the drugs and the this and the that, and I, and I had to fight through all of that in order to 
make make the appearances and stuff. So it's you know it was it was super super challenging, you know. You know, and then the late nights after the show, uh, let's go to the bar. Uh, this, this was, you, you don't want to disrespect our friends. Here we go. We go sit at the bar. You know, and I don't, I never drank. I hate, you know, and then, you know, I had to drive back late at night. And I was a young, I was, you know, young, young cat at the time. But, you know, it's always, you know, I never liked traveling like, you know, three o'clock in the morning, racing, running, driving back to the hotel. I was drop dead exhausted from my day. And you know, and he just never wanted to leave the bar, and he just kept drinking, and people buying drinks, and this, this, and that. And it just took a while to get him to the car and get him, you know, get him out, you know, get get him to the hotel and stuff and whatever. But you know, when it came time for business, he was spot on. Eric, when he was released with the drugs, obviously, like he's mentioned before, the hacksaw, you know, situation. Is is it at that point that you? I, look, I know you're a smart guy. You're an opportunist. Was it at that point that you thought to yourself, "Well, this guy might really need some bookings right now. Let me jump on this." Um. Again, at the time, you know, I, I was just kind of getting my feet wet at the time. You know, I, I broke in around '85, '86, and you know, it just I needed talent. I wanted, talent. you know, I was doing different aspects of the business from. You know, doing some vending and a little promoting. Uh, you know, you know the the true agent thing stuff didn't start to look like a little bit later on, but I did a little bit of it, but not uh, as well like what you see today. Okay, you know, that took a, took a long time to develop. You know, I had to take. I only worked with like one or two guys just to you know get my feet wet. And the sheik was the sheik was the you know was the main was the main guy. So it just you know it's just a lot of trial trial and error because. He, you know, it's just, you know, what you see is what you get. I mean, he was just that that big of a character, and he knew how to he knew how to play people, and he knew how to pay, play people against me. You know, you know, so you know, everybody just always made fun fun of me and this and that. But I, I was the one who's just making the deals and just, you know, get you know, people knew you know you know appreciative that I got him to the got him to the appearances and stuff. But it was it just it was a lot of work. Just a lot, a lot of work, and you know, I, I, I always, I always said, um, you know, the best part about the weekend was putting him on the plane and sending him home, uh, and that I would never, ever, ever work with him again because he just it was just impossible until the next time I worked with him, and it just never ended. So you know, it's just that's kind of how that's kind of been the story of our relationship. When he lost his daughter, did you reach out to him? Or, oh, yeah. or, and oh, yeah. how did that conversation go? You know, he's crying to me on the phone and stuff. I mean, it was just, um, listen, a sad time. And listen, it, for not just the sheep, but any parent, you're supposed, the child is supposed to outlive the parent. That's kind of how it works. You know, and occasionally sometimes the child passes for, you know, you know, you get sick may get sick and pass away, but, you know, you don't expect the child to get murdered and, you know, just, it just kind of, this kind of just doesn't how it works, you know, and it, just, it hit him hard. I mean, it really hit him hard. I mean, the man was a true family man. I mean, you know, he loved his wife. He loved his kids and just, you know, it was just, he was just, you know, just loved, loved that aspect. And not a lot of people saw that because all they saw was the character. Eric, I got to tell you, it's a great regret. I've never mentioned it to you before, but I always thought in the back of my head, you know, we've been 
doing business with you for years now, and you've brought so many great wrestlers into the studio for us, but I always thought in the back of my head, I always wondered where you were with the Iron Sheik, knowing your history with him, and it's a great regret that we'd never had you bring him here. What caused, after 24 years, obviously a, a close relationship, a productive business relationship, what caused you and Sheik to say goodbye in, you know, business terms and perhaps even in, you know, basically, friend basically terms? Basically, Sheik, Sheik was done. You know, after, after we did this... The, after the fourth appearance on the Stern Show around 2010, where he he just it just by bombed. I mean, if you if you watch that inter if you watch that interview, she had no energy, like really didn't want to be there. Okay. And then I had a I had I had to come into the studio, save and pretty much save that interview. Where they you know the producers, everybody thanked me for doing it because I knew my I knew my role. I had to get in there, rile them up, have them yell at me, have them do. You know, have them, you know, whatever, just stir, stir the pot because me and Sheik were the, were the act. I mean, it was that, that the whole thing was me and him. I mean, him alone with his accolades is one thing. That, that's, that's awesome. All the, all the wrestling accolades, but you know, all the, you know, me and him were the kind of, kind of the act, me being the bad, the inept agent can't get shit done. Me just no good, son of a bitch, half, half and half, break time jabroni and whatever. Uh, you know, and he just yelled at me and, you know, goofed on me for that. And just like, you know, I know, I knew my role there. So I had to go in and do that. But then after, after that, it's like, he just never didn't want to leave the house anymore. So it's like, you know, like the, the, the Megan boys from Canada got him out a couple times, you know, a couple times for some appearances. And, you know, then he did wrestle, WrestleCon in 2018 up here in New York. And that was kind of his last real major like major major appearance. What was the what was the uh, conversation like with you and him after the fourth and uh, final Howard Stern appearance? Did you turn to him and go, you know, uh, you you kind of bombed? Would you even have the nerve to say something? What was the conversation like after that show? No, no, I can't. Ever, you can't you can't tell the sheik that because like he, he gets a little hot under the collar and stuff, and just like you know, I just baby faced the situation. Oh, you did good, Sheik. You did, you did, you know what? You know, it's like okay, you are you are feeling good. You know, well, okay. You know, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew, I kind of knew it, but you know, it's just like I don't want to. You know, again, I'm not gonna break the bad news to him. You know, it's like, hey, Sheik, your parents sucked, and you know, what the fuck are you thinking about? You know. It, you know, I had reality TV looking at me. You know, I had I was in contact. I was in talks with um, Buna Murray. That's the ones that produce um, uh, the Bella Twins and the Divas Show, and they, they have a bunch of other stuff that's on that that that's on you know reg, regular TV. I was in contact with them. They had interest. It just didn't go anywhere. You know, and it, it's all because of Sheik, and it's just you know it's just. You know, he's the driving force. I'm just a, I'm just a bit player in, in this. He, he's technically the star. I, I'm just the, you know, I'm just the, you know, the bit player. You know, just trying, you know, just trying to play my role. But you know, he, you know, everything's iron chic. On a wrestling level, and as a wrestling fan, which I know you are, obviously, I, where do you rank? Did we just lose the greatest villain in the history of the business, or top five? I mean, where would you put yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, one, 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 yeah, one, one. Listen, there, there are a lot of great, there are a lot of great performers, and you, you have to look at it. 
there's a couple ways to look at, at, at it. Um, one from a financial point, you know, who, who's the greatest wrestler of all time? The one who made the most money. That's who's the greatest of all time. You know, so did, did she, did, you know, did, did she make, you know, did he make Hogan or Rock or Austin money? No. But, you know, then, then you got to look at, you know, the villains. Did he draw, you got to draw heat. So, Cheek drew nuclear heat at times, and sure. especially, especially back in the back in the you know in, you know in the early days you know of the of WWE you know with Slaughter and that, you know before before like just as Vince was going national you know I mean they knew what they were doing with the hostage situation I mean he came along at the right time and they you know they played played the role perfectly I mean there was some nuclear heat when you're when you. When you're when you get so much heat that they want to literally kill you, where you have to go out in the trunk of a car so that they don't they don't actually throw a rock or a, you know shoot a bullet through a you know the window of your car, you're doing something right. I mean that's a badge of honor right there. When did you realize Sheiky was having drug problems? Early on, from right from the beginning. So he you was know, already right? he was I mean, already the man. The, the, I I was so scared. For the whole twenty some odd years that I was with him, because, like you know, sometimes he smoked in my car, and I keep telling him not to. But oh, you're President Mr. Clinton. Oh, he could smoke the marijuana, but you're a champion. He can't smoke the mar the marijuana. Well, guys, <laughs> want to smoke it? Great. Not in my car. Don't do it in my. Don't do it in my car. It's illegal in my car. If you want to smoke in your room privately, I I, I don't give a shit. Don't do it in my car. Don't do it in my car. You know, so sometimes you know he's good, and when he got totally fucked up, he just did whatever he wants. And what what scared me, you know, I lucked out for the twenty four or so years I was with him. Never got stopped by the police, especially after the fact. Driving home, so after I drop him off either at the airport or at the hotel before he before he go home, you know, I'm driving with the windows down because the car, whether he smoked <laughs> in the car or not, his body reeked of pot. All the time, so it's like I'm driving, you know, I'm driving with the windows down. And you can dead a fucking winter, you know. I'm literally going the speed limit. I'm not speeding. I'm not I'm not driving crazy. Just to, you know, I, I just want to stay stay state of lane so I don't get pulled over by a cop, uh, sir. What is that smell in your car? Uh, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. It's not me. Your car smells like what, sir? Step out of the car. It's like I scared the shit out of me. So like I had, you know, you know, you know, always get, you know, I had to take three days to air out the damn car. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just bad. Yeah, he could have dropped a couple of marijuana buds. I hope you vacuumed that car after you dropped them. No, off. no, no. He never left anything in the car. But, oh, you sure? You know, it's just he never left anything in the car. It's just his body. You know, whether he smoked in the car or not, his body reeked of the stuff. I mean. You know, once you smoke, you know, say, you know, your body just reeks of that shit. Well, Eric, it's legal and, now that you let your car, did, so I'm, your car well, now. And sometimes when I was driving home after him, I had to pull into the rest stop because I I was so drop dead tired, I had to take a little power nap in order for me to make it home. And I only lived forty miles from the airport, and I mm. couldn't and I couldn't make it home because I was like on my last legs. I just couldn't I couldn't do it. I just went to a back end and just put the window down. Just took twenty minute power nap, so I was able to. You know, drive the extra twenty miles to get home, just to make it home at uh, three o'clock in the morning, so it won't swerve all over the damn road. 
Eric, Rick B says out there the reason Sheiky got on Howard Stern was because of Dan Marotti's show. Is that accurate? No, no, that's that's not that's not that's not accurate. Um, we did the Pharrell show because we were promoting. Uh, we were in town promoting something, and at that time he was doing that the internet thing. You know, the fuck the ass. You know, fuck Brian Blair and that whole that whole thing. So that's that's initially. Initially, Dan's, he originally did it on Dan's uh, platform, you know, on the DVD or whatever, so which made the internet. So that initially got it to Pharrell's show, which is a, on Stern 101, which is the sports show, the night show on, on the Stern Network, or one of the Stern Networks. Sheik went in, did his whole, um, you know, you know, just everybody, just went off on everybody, ripped everybody. They loved it so much. That they took, they got the tapes over to the Stern show, and then three weeks later, the Stern show was calling me to, you know, hey, we want the Sheik, and you know, or, and I just, you know, went, you know, I just told Sheik, hey, you're coming to New York, and we're doing the Stern show. It's the biggest thing in the world, and you know, and, you know, at least for me, because I'm a major Stern fan, and you know, just another step up. I and I, you know, to me, it's just a stepping stone. I mean, I want, you know, I was hoping to do Stern. You know, for the publicity to to move to the next level, and right. you know whatever that was, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time what it was. I was just hoping to get get the exposure that we needed to move to the, to move to whatever next level that it was. All right, so we're gonna play a classic video for everybody out there, and then we want to get you to weigh in on what went on and what was going through Eric Sims's mind. What the fuck you doing to me? You want to do anything? You want to do anything? Oh! What the fuck you doing to me? You try to steal my fucking gimmick? This is where nobody come from, and I know he come from. What the fuck you bring me here? No, well you need your security. Fuck you! Fuck the security! I respect my country, you know? You did it like that? I know you're from Georgia, man! That was his fucking fun! Don't fucking tell me I get started! You're a fucking asshole! You bring me here to treat me like that? That was your fucking fault! I respect you, man! I know you're from Georgia, but don't never ever insult me again! <laughs> so that's back from 2006. So that's about 17. That's about 17 years ago. So what what you didn't what you didn't see there was uh, Bruno was with us also. San Martino, living legend. So I put you know I took Bruno over there because you know just shake hands, maybe good for good for a photo opportunity. You know because maybe you make a promo picture out of it. So. Warrior was very nice and shook, you know, shook Bruno's hand. Was very respectful. Um, and I should preface this by saying, evidently there was some unwritten thing that said the Warrior didn't want to see anybody, be around anybody, didn't want to talk to anybody. But like, I never got that message. So I, you know, so everything went good with Bruno. So I said, let me bring Sheik, let me bring Sheik over there. 
you know, I, I could, you know, I got a picture with him and Hogan. I got a picture with him and The Rock. I got a picture with him and Austin. Let's do something with him and him and Warrior. That would that would make a good picture that we could sell at, at shows. So I was just hoping for a photo op, and I'm hoping Warrior would be cool and just take the picture. But evidently, I didn't know there was heat there. So you know what what you saw what you saw ensue. You know you know ha happened. You know you know so uh, Warrior refused to shake his hand and. You know, Sheik didn't want to be embarrassed, and then he blew up. He blew up at me for bringing him over there, and it just. And then you know what happened. You know what you saw happen happened, and then he. You know, so so like he got mad. He slapped me, and you know I wasn't one. I wasn't quick enough to block it, and. So much for that Israeli jujitsu. <laughs> well, it's just a basic. No, it's not jujitsu. It's just a just a simple block. But but anyway, what do what do I what do I what do I do? He hits Oy. me. Do I do I turn around in public and I and I already knew cameras were going because that was like right two thousand six, right at the start of the YouTube stuff and videotaping and this and that and like what do I, what do I do? I'm in a bad I'm in a bad spot. How do I make this better? Do I do I one strike the sheep back and possibly beat him? You know, possibly not knock him out. Uh, I'm still an asshole. Do I do I try to tack him back and then for some reason? He he, he, kicks, he kicks he kicks my ass, which he's which he's which he's supposed to do, you know, because he's a because he's a celebrity, you know. So I, I thought twice about that. And plus, it's gone tape, and I didn't want to do anything. So the third option is just walk away and you know regroup, and we'll just figure it out another another day when cool heads prevail. Does he that's, does he apologize for slapping you in public yeah. like that? We we spoke privately about it, and. You know, yeah, he did. He did apologize. Uh, uh, we talked about it at length. You know, in the hotel room, and just, you know, and we just, we just agreed to move on. You know, move. You know, work, work better. Because I told him, you know, <laughs> you don't hit me anymore. It's, or it's going to be done. We're done. I mean, I, you know, I don't care. You yell, scream, do, you know, do, do the gimmick. But you know, when it gets physical, no, that's that's where I draw the line. I can't. Eric, you know, I know it's business I first. Like to, but wait a second, wait a second. But yeah. now, now that the slap goes in, it's like, hmm, how do I make chicken salad out of chicken shit? So how, now I'm gonna have to be slapped everywhere I fucking go because we already saw it. So like, I'm already in my mind thinking that that's, you know, that's what's gonna happen. Well, that's new part of the act. Yeah, I was wondering if you were immediately processing the dollars and the cents because I think you know me by now. If you slap me in the face, I don't care who you are. We're gonna have an issue. So did you right away like you know think dollars and cents? <laughs> no, no. Right away, I was pissed as shit. I would it's figure just, as I, as I, uh, you know, as I was thinking about it, you know, as the days went on and you know months went on, it's like you know, how do I make chicken salad out of chicken shit? So you know, you know, and how do I, how do I, you know, listen, that along with other stuff got us to Pharrell, got us to the Stern Show, got us, you know. You know, all that stuff got us to where we, you know, you know, get to get help get us to the next level. Do so, you look? You know, do you look back on that slap with like pride after all these years? Because after all, it's a pretty memorable moment. It's what you're known for in a lot of ways. You know, I have a hard time. I have a hard time watching the videos of myself. Um, I, I just, you know, I kind of bad. It's a, you know, I mean, I guess it's part of my legacy. But I, I'm kind of embarrassed. You know, it's just like embarrassing to watch. It's like for me, it's hard to watch that stuff because it's just, you know, 
I don't know. It's just I, I'm real sensitive like that. I don't like, you know, I guess that's what I'm remembered for or, um, you know, well, you know, whatever. But, you know, I, I want to be remembered for other things as well. Just not like, you know, you know, the pub, the public scoldings of, you know, you know, you know, or the being humiliated by the sheik all the time, even though that was kind of kind of my role. But, you know, I want to be known for the guy who actually took care of sheik in his downtime help reinvigorate him, reinvent him for the independent, for the independent scene, you know, uh, uh, and just, you know, made him get and get him to the, uh, you know, you know, showed up to his appearances and just, you know, just, just, just help him make a living, you know, when, you know, WWE and, you know, WCW, everybody closed the door on him. In the years after you guys broke off, after 24 years of business, did you talk to him much in the, in the later years? She- I, you know, I call him every week. I, I called him every every week I called I called Sheik. Um, hey Kaz, how are you? You wanna come out one more time? The fans wanna see you, let's do uh you know let's do a tour. Uh Eric Bubba, uh, I'd love to uh, call me next week. And next week turn into the following, and turn into the following, and turn into the following. And it's like like it's like I get you know, I tried, but it's like it's not, it wasn't it wasn't happening. He didn't want to come out any anymore. His knee, his ankle, you know, it's just, it was just, it just, it getting it was bad. It was getting worse, and like he was depressed. I think he, and I thought it was feeling so. In the beginning, I thought it was feeling sorry for himself. He just didn't want to want to do it anymore. But you know, it's you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I kind of came to the realization that it was over. So, you know, you know, I just kept in touch with him. I just, you know, hey, Kaz, how are you? How's the family? You know, just because, just you know, for old time's sake, you know, but I, I kind of knew we were, it wasn't going to happen. You know, we were, it wasn't going anywhere anymore. So, you know, you know, and in the end, and in the end here, I, I kind of gave up on it. Like, I haven't, you know, I haven't talked to him in the last, I don't know, nine months to a year. I just haven't, you know, I just kind of lost, lost track with him. I mean, it just. You know, I just I, I just gave up on it. Were you just, surprised you know, at his death? I mean, there was really no news of uh, you know any illness well, or. He was sick. Now, I mean, he was he was under the weather. He was feeling tired. He was, um, you know, you know. I, I hear it. In, I could hear it in his voice when I when I spoke to him. It's like some days good, some days bad, and it's just like I I, I you know. I, I, did I know he was going to die yesterday? No, but you know he, he's been in, he's been in ill health for a long time. You know, if you, just fi- if you had just finally, I'm finally sorry, Eric. If you had yeah. one chance to say something to him now, knowing that you know, knowing he's passed away now, is there anything you would have liked to have said to him? Well, I just tell him that I loved him, and I you know I thank you know I thank him for like all he did for me because he did a lot for me. He put me on the kind of put me on the put me on the map and just, you know, gave me a little credibility because, you know, hey, Eric Sims is with the Iron Sheik. And, you know, if you look back at my legacy, if you go back to YouTube, you can see all all our antics, good, bad, or indifferent. It's all on YouTube, you know, from the Feinstein shoots to the K-Fabe shoots to to the Howard Stern stuff to the Killers of Comedy. Oh, and when we were talking about Stern Show, like I wanted to move to the next level. Well, from the Stern Show, we stepped up. We got Killers of Comedy, which is uh, the touring comedy troupe. They put them, 
they gave him a, they gave him a little you know they gave him a payday to go on the road with them and it was you know that that was you know, didn't last long but you know for a short time it, it did it that, that was good for him i mean he was he was happy going out seeing the car being with the comics being with beetlejuice getting drunk doing his five minutes on stage with bob levy and beetle and you know it was you know that made him happy you know he was he was good you know i mean you know so like that was good and then but i kept wanting more because like i really wanted the reality show because i kind of figured that would be good it, 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 he's good material for you know for reality show, for a reality show and you know it, you know, it just never materialized because it's just you know he just he cut it off and i just wish he wouldn't have done that but you know you know it is what it was all right well before you know, we head the, out uh, before we head out tell us the best road story that the sheik told you while you were working with him well one of the i i got i got a road i got a couple road stories well, you only got time on for, my, my, we only have time for one because the guest from our main show showed up early <laughs> and he's prepared <laughs> unlike someone but anyway go ahead right, so, wait, wait. so it's really my relationship with my wife um we were at a kid i took my wife for my girlfriend at the time my wife we took a convention in long island uh we did a we did a convention in long island and then you know we we're getting ready to get ready to leave um and then she thought, oh, I left my hat down. He couldn't find his hat. So I had to run back down downstairs to where the convention was to get the hat. I told my told my girlfriend, don't let him out of your sight. Don't let him anywhere. We gotta leave because I gotta get to the wrestling show in New Jersey later on. So when I come, I go down to look for the hat, which I couldn't find. I come back up and I see my girlfriend, wife now, yelling and screaming, and the sheik, they're both screaming at each other in the street in in the street because you know by by the car because she wouldn't let him get into the limo with the promoter of the convention to do his drug to do the drugs and whatever uh, and then we get it you know they get him back in the car and they're yelling and screaming at each other in the car and, uh, how do i pick sides here i mean do i do i choose my you know go to my girlfriend's side you know because i'm gonna be with her or do i take my client's side because i you know gotta do business in the future so like I kind of got both of them to settle it down. They both had to apologize to each other, which they, which I made, which I made them do, and like you know they were just mad as hell about that. And uh, but that that's kind of how that's kind of how it worked. And I never took my wife on the road again, or girlfriend, but, or whatever. But on the the, road the again. real question: If they weren't able to work it out at that moment, you're going with Sheik. Who would you have chosen? <laughs> A chosen Sheik. Sheik. So in well, hindsight, Eric, if I ask you this question and you could turn back time, oh. do you wish they didn't make up? No, 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 no. Because I, I, I need, you know, peace. I want the peace. I want peace of mind. That's what I want. It's all about, you know, it's not, I want a peaceful, quiet ride. I want to get the business done. The most important thing is getting the business done. You know, I got to show up to, to each appearance because I, each of the sponsors, you know, paid money, advertise, and it's important that they show up so that we can honor honor our commitments, whatever it was to whoever, you know, whoever the sponsor the sponsors are. So that's a, that's what I did. I had to I had to make the piece, make it right, get to our show, do 
dude, and once you know, once the weekend was done, they don't gotta see each other anymore. Mm-hmm. I can see my girlfriend when I want to. I see the sheik when I got business for him, and you know, that's you know, that's it. I can see you going turning to you after you pick the sheik and going, "You want baby? You want wife? Bah, poor." Nah, well, no, I mean. You know, you know, you know, he, you know, because he's Iranian, and you know, they, you know, he's very strong, dominant. You don't let women talk to me like that, and this and that. And women should know her place. And like my wife, my wife is uh, a girlfriend. You know, she's uh, she's no filter. You know, Irish Irish woman. And you know, you piss her off, uh-huh. she'll put you in your place and put anybody uh-huh. in her place. I mean, and that's that. And she don't care. She don't give a shit. So it's like I was cringing because it was like you know, potential the potential of getting ugly. And I didn't want to, you know, again, I got to keep the peace with everybody. So, you know, that, that, that's what I did. We yeah, just, and th- just think about it. You didn't get Bill's palsy out of it either. So in the end, it all works <laughs> well, out. That, that, hey, listen, that wasn't until after I left. Until I, I was done with the Iron Sheik and, uh, you know, uh, had, to, had to move on to somebody else. Yeah, there that, you go. That is really well, Eric, jiu-jitsu. So, I, didn't stre- I didn't get stressed out. I got, listen. She stressed me out, but not not as not as bad as uh, uh you know as after I left him I got stressed. Well, out, listen, if you don't let me end this show, I'm gonna get Bell's palsy and stressed so out. I thank you. Yeah, seriously, Eric, uh, thank you for sharing your moments uh, about the icon Iron Sheik, and uh, again, thank you being part of the Monty and the Farrell family. Awesome. I am uh, always happy to be part of the Monty and the Farrell family. And I'm always happy to come on come on and get interviewed and bring my talents in there. And it's uh we, we got a great we got great relationship. We got we run we have a little hiccups here or there, but you know, we'll we're we're big enough we can work through them and you know we're good. All right, guys. Thank you, Eric. And thank you everybody for joining us. We'll see you in literally six minutes where we've got former WWE photographer, the great Johnny Photo making his second appearance on Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. So everybody's join us at 9 o'clock. We'll see you shortly. You've been watching This Week in Wrestling. And until next week in wrestling. Later.